0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MNN Marvel Mania podcast. My name is Mike.
1: My name is Nick.
0: And after a month-long hiatus, we are back. Back, well, I guess back in the recording booth, but we will have already dropped an episode before this. We had a booth? I mean, the booth is my basement. Yes. Which is... We'll call that a booth. I mean, there's four walls. True. There's four walls. It's a booth.
1: All right. Anyway, we are here to talk Spider-Man 2.
0: Nick, off the top. I'm going to hit you with this. Hit me with it. Is this the greatest Spider-Man movie?
1: See, I don't know because we've, we've discussed this a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been points where I like... I think we
0: talked about this on No Way Home. Yeah, that's
1: the thing. And I don't remember my... I think my answer was pretty clear when I did like Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: Like, that No Way Home's your top one.
1: Is my top one. Just because it brings a lot of nostalgia and the action's great. Some, some comedy hits, some doesn't, but it's, it's a great film in my opinion. Spider-Man Two is definitely in the top three.
0: You don't know if it's two or three now.
1: Uh I'd say it's what's called. I'd say three. It's three. If it's three, it's three. I, I'm not sure. I gotta think of the other. Oh, listen, I like the Amazing Spider-Man movies too. It's it's a preference, but it's whatever. Um, but yeah, now Spider-Man Two is definitely is one of the best Spider-Man films.
0: First off, this is one of the most memed movies of all time. Like like Pizza Time, you know.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, also, he loses his powers in this one.
0: Yeah, no, but like the memes, I'm saying. Well, yeah,
1: no. The, 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 the one with the hot dog.
0: Yeah, the hot... Oh, the hot dog, The right. hot dog.
1: The hot dog one's pretty funny. Oh, my
0: God. Peter Parker watches kids get hit by a car and then just cuts to him eating the hot
1: dog. <laughs> you ever see where, uh... It was the Butterfinger one? And he... And uh, Doc Ock dr- uh, drops Aunt May for the Butterfinger. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Right? Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome. I mean, look, this movie is just like the first one, which I think we, actually, we, had, we recorded the first one like over a month ago at this point.
1: Yeah, I think in January.
0: Yeah, I think it was February. February. Okay. Um, but we recorded that a while ago. But I remember saying on it, the Raimi movies are meant to be campy. You know, that's the tone. You know, they're goofy. They're, you know, a little bit uh, they're a little bit funnier in like an obvious way. You know, compared to like other movies,
1: all I know is the the structure of the movie with with all the Spider-Man uh, movies from Sam Raimi, it just has the the same structure. It like you have you you know you introduce a new villain obviously, you know you have the funny quips and stuff like that, you know, and you have the drama that's in between, and at some point you get to the end and you're like, oh, they find out. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and then...
0: Yeah, the you know. villain finds out Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and then they kill themselves. And
1: then they kill themselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, it, it, it's, it's a messed up joke when you say it like that. But in reality, <laughs> it's so true. The fact is, is that every time it's somebody he knows, right, in some form, Eddie mm-hmm. Brock in Spider-Man 3, Otto Octavius here, Green Goblin in the first one. Yeah. They find out who he is. Right in the final battle or mm-hmm. shortly before the final battle. And they, they kill themselves. It,
1: it only makes sense because in other projects, people that, like, I mean, it does happen in every Spider-Man movie, I think, that they find out who Peter Parker is, like, Spider-Man.
0: Well, well, yeah, the villain always finds
1: the out. The villain always finds out, and then they kill the even, villain off.
0: Even in Amazing Spider-Man, the villain finds out. Yeah. Homecoming, yeah. That was a really great scene, for uh-huh. finding out. Mysterio, obviously, because Peter Parker's identity in the MCU is not a secret at that well, point.
1: Yeah, but it's like, they make it like, it's different where it's, where like I'll go off this, like with DC, it's very different compared to Batman, where Batman, like his identity is kept secret.
0: No, like in The Dark Knight, arguably considered the greatest comic book movie of all time by a lot of people. Nobody finds out who Bruce Wayne is. The villain, at least. Joker doesn't find out. Harvey Dent doesn't find out.
1: Yeah, and it's like... But with Spider-Man, it's like... It seems to be like... Uh, we don't give a shit. We're just going to kill off the villain after. And like... But like... Why would you want to keep the villain around? Like, obviously, we're talking about the Sam Raimi. You know, when it comes well, how to... How about
0: a scenario where they just don't find out at all?
1: That's the thing. It's you know? it's because they use that... It, it, the same thing has been used the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is where... They find out who he is, and they use the one weakness against him, and that's Mary Jane.
0: In this trilogy, like, look, you could tell this was kind of made a long time ago now, mm-hmm. because of the way that they treat the the, the female co-star. Because M- Mary Jane here, compared to Gwen Stacy in the Amazing movies, and Mary, not Mary, Michelle, Michelle Jones, Jones, MJ in the Homecoming movies, it's just. Those two do a lot more than her, you know, and it's kind of like she really is written more in these movies, like how she was in the comics in like the 60s, I'd imagine, where she's more of a damsel in distress
1: than she is
0: like a a sidekick and a helper as well as being a a girlfriend to Peter Parker.
1: Yeah, like in my opinion, when we we do get to those movies, obviously, Gwen Stacy from Amazing Spider-Man. Is is my favorite. No,
0: the best love interest. Is the best love, agree. Best agree. love interest. That's. The, the, I don't even think that's really a debate. Yeah. A lot of people agree with that. Emma Stone is phenomenal with Andrew Garfield. No, she really but is. But let's get into this movie a bit. Uh, and let's start out with what is obvious about this movie. What makes this movie work. Doc Ock. Uh, I think him and Green Goblin are 1A and 1B, the greatest Spider-Man villains of all time.
1: Doc Ock. I mean, he is... One of the most iconic Spider-Man villains, besides Green Goblin, obviously. He is just...
0: And Venom. And Venom. I mean, ter- Venom's Venom. Venom, Venom is well known. I mean, obviously, in movie, he hasn't done as well as Green in Goblin. In movie, yeah,
1: no, he hasn't done as well. But, to me, it's like... I mean, pretty much, Sam Raimi chose the biggest three villains.
0: It's actually kind of funny, and we'll get to this when we talk Spider-Man 3. He didn't want Venom in Spider-Man 3.
1: He just wanted Sandman?
0: He just wanted Sandman.
1: I guess because it, when we do get to Spider-Man 3, I guess because it was too much conflict. Well,
0: I mean, the studio wanted Venom. He didn't want Venom. They made him put in Venom.
1: So they just put it, they made a truce with it.
0: The studio tells you what to do at a certain point, I guess, and you're kind of forced to do it. Yeah. But back to this one. Doc Ock in this movie, to me, I mean, Alfred Molina reprises the role 17 years later in No Way Home. Doesn't skip a beat. You could have sworn they were filmed. (laughs) <laughs> de- the next day,
1: it's the crazy th- though too how they, had, like they de him, and then also it was different how they made him move. Like he didn't have like the arms and stuff. But, or sh- 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 well, say, the the stuff in this
0: movie was practically shot. They gave him the arms. They
1: gave him the arms.
0: He had like an actual octopus tentacles.
1: Exactly. That compared, was practical. Compared Meanwhile, it, to CGI. it was
0: CGI'd in the No Way Home. Yeah,
1: that's crazy.
0: You know, and in this movie. The thing I really like here versus Green Goblin, they're similar, right? It's two guys who basically go crazy because of a third party. Right. Goblin because of the serum he takes. Right. And then Doc Ock here because of the the arms. The arms overtake and corrupt his mind. Yes. So basically both of them are good people who get absolutely... (laughs) They they go insane. (laughs) To, To say the least, they go insane. And Peter ends up having to be the one to take care of business. So in that respect, it's kind of the same. But what I really like here is that unlike Norman, who we really didn't get to see interact with Peter before he went nuts.
1: Only for like a few seconds. Yeah, only
0: like a scene or two. We get to see Doc Ock, that dinner scene at the table, where we really get to see Doc Ock talk to Peter and get to know him.
1: That's the thing. They were both both scientists, obviously, Uh, one being the father to his best friend. You know, and then the other one, uh, a co, I guess they were, like, co-partners at some point. And, well, also, what's his name? Um, the professor at... Uh, Connors. Connors, yes. Dr. Oh, he, Connors. He was going
0: to be in Spider-Man 4.
1: He, see, the thing is, I feel like we should talk about this one day, too. We we should talk about, like, how Spider-Man 4 could have happened.
0: We could talk about what they were supposed... There's what a the- whole thing out there of what was supposed to happen in yeah, Spider-Man 4. Yeah, I
1: think we could talk about that for another time. But uh, for what's called, it was supposed to be Vulture, I think, and obviously the lizard.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But as I was saying, with, with Doc Ock, or should I say Dr. Octavius, at the time, yeah, they get to know each other a little bit better, kind of have a lot of similarities, and that's even in what's called. I mean, you played the, the Spider-Man game for PS4.
0: Yeah.
1: They have a... They have a lot of a lot of it's things a in common. It is a mentor relationship.
0: You know, it's not. Maybe it's it's more fleshed out in the game than it is in the movie, just simply because of the time constraints of the movie. Yeah, but
1: still, you know, but
0: in um, in the movie here, we still get to see how much Peter actually does idolize Doc Ock's work.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And, and how
0: much he he idolizes a guy like him, and when Octavius says the line, it's like brilliant but lazy to him, and then it pays off later in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that, we didn't get that with even with Green Goblin. You know, because there wasn't really the pre-existing connection between him and Spider-Man. Yeah.
1: I mean, the thing about Peter in this movie is the fact that he's... One of the other things I like is that he's juggling his life between Spider-Man and Peter Parker. That's one of the biggest things. And that also affects his his love life. And Mary Jane doesn't know that he is Spider-Man until the very end of the movie where, you know... Uh, where she she gets saved again.
0: It's kind of funny you mention that. That really is like the crux of this whole movie. The balance that we see Toby's Peter go through, balancing work, school, Mm -hmm. life, being Spider-Man, family, friends. It's kind of crazy how they make that work so well here. And it works in the context of him failing as Spider-Man and failing in his personal life.
1: That's what I've kind of noticed like with uh with like what's called with the homecoming and far from home movies. Like those two movies kind of make it similar where you're trying to balance being a superhero while also trying to be a human being, a normal kid, like really. And it's not easy. Like listen, if I was a superhero, I don't know how you manage that. Like you'd have to you'd have to like tell the world, and obviously you can't because you don't want anybody knowing that you know all these people and could put your family in harm's way.
0: That's the whole thing with Spider-Man. And that's the whole thing. Spider-Man doesn't want anybody around him who he cares about to get hurt, but he also doesn't want to stop doing what he's doing because Mm -hmm. he's making a difference. And I think in this movie, the scene that kind of underscores all of that is, um, it's actually, it's like midway through the movie. It's Mm -hmm. after Octavius goes to Harry and is like, I need the precious tritium. Yeah, you know, no. he's like I'll give it to you if you bring me Spider-Man and he's like where do I start? Go talk to Peter Parker because that's the photographer who takes the pictures of Spider-Man. Yep. And he shows up and Doc Ock kidnaps Mary Jane.
1: Yeah, he she yeah, he, he basically uses her as leverage.
0: Every freaking movie. Every freaking movie she gets kidnapped.
1: It's just twice
0: a movie. Sometimes <laughs>
1: <laughs> I listen. Like I said, it's just the comment. It's the structure that they put out with the movie. You know, the villain finds out such and such and they use her and it, just to get him. I mean, it works. <laughs> no, it does. I mean,
0: look, and I, I didn't say this off the top when I asked you the question. I do think this is the best Spider-Man movie.
1: No, I know you do. I, 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 you do. I,
0: I would actually go so far as to say this might be the best Marvel movie. My favorite Marvel movie.
1: Like, ever? Ever,
0: yes. no, And and I know that's big praise. That is big praise. Because you know how much I love Civil War. You mm-hmm. know how much I love Infinity War. Not even Iron Man. And the first Iron Man movie. You know how much I love all those movies. Yeah. Logan. Like, there's so many more Marvel movies that have been made that really are up my alley, are 10 out of 10 to me. But this movie, considering the fact that this and the first movie were like the first two superhero movies I ever watched. Mm-hmm. And then also combine it with the fact that what you were just saying, the way that Peter Parker is just such a normal guy. He's not a genius billionaire no, or not a all. mutant or, you know, <laughs> he's just a normal guy with superpowers who's trying to remain humble while still trying to make dramatic change.
1: Makes you feel like anybody wants to be Spider-Man. And
0: that's what <laughs> Stanley Lee always said, man. That's what he said. It make, when he puts the mask on, you feel like anybody could be Spider-Man. And as a little kid that hits and as you get older and you feel down and you watch something like this it's like wow you know what it still gives you that little boost
1: yeah I like the scene with him I don't know if it's this movie which one Uh, with Stanley's cameo but he comes in and Peter Peter's looking at like the billboard show inspired man whatever it's three it's three <laughs> yeah but I like that scene he's like I guess some people can make a difference one person one person can make a difference yeah. I'm like that's
0: enough said enough said and drops his iconic line there yeah you know no, and Stan Lee is right when he says that. That's the whole essence of the character. And I think this Spider-Man movie does that better than anybody else. Yeah, no. Any I, of the mm-hmm. other ones. Like, look, I love No Way Home. and I, I, really, I truly do like No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's probably my second or third favorite Spider-Man movie, depending on the day. Yeah. But it's right there. The thing with No Way Home, which kind of takes it a little below this movie for me, is the fact that in No Way Home you're still kind of in the grand scheme of the MCU, right? Mm -hmm. You got Dr. Strange, you got everything like that. And as much as it is a Peter Parker story and it's great. And I think Tom Holland gives his best performance of Spider-Man in that movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a personal story in the way this movie does.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, obviously there are some parts of that movie that, that do make the character great. And Mm -hmm. then that motivates the character and that breaks the character down. Uh, but, yeah, with Spider-Man 2, it's, it's more focused on him and not everything else.
0: I just thought of another meme from this movie that uh, is Which iconic. One? And I know for a fact you'll know it because I think I've literally made this joke to you a couple of times. Possibility. I have nothing left but Spider-Man. When uh, Harry Osborn walks <laughs> out of the meeting after Ock blows everything up in this yeah. demonstration. And he's like, I have nothing left but Spider-Man. <laughs>
1: The amount of memes that could be made.
0: from What do you, what do you think of Harry in this movie particularly? Like we, well, obviously, we can sum up our thoughts on him in the trilogy in 3. Mm-hmm. But wh- what do you think about him in, in this movie? He's kind of sidelined, like, relative to 1 and 3.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not that big of a, of a character until 3. Yeah. You know, he's not as much as a threat, I'd say.
0: I'd actually say this is the movie where he's, like, the least involved. Outside Compare, of the, the couple of scenes where he, like, had talks to Peter, really.
1: Compared to one?
0: Well, one, even, he's important because, one, he's got everything going on with MJ. And,
1: and his dad. He, and his
0: dad's still in the movie. Here, I mean, practic- in essence, this movie doesn't have a post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. But the scene where Harry breaks the glass and discovers his father's goblin lair mm-hmm. is as close to a post-credit scene as you're getting in the Raimi trilogy.
1: Yeah. I forgot. Did this even have a post-credit scene? No.
0: Yeah. the first the first Marvel movie to post credit scene is Iron Man.
1: Is Iron Man? Is okay. Iron Man? I gotta say, because like I don't remember post credit scenes no, from any but, older movie, but
0: that's as close as you'll get to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's literally the direct setup for three.
1: Um, but yeah, with with Harry, I mean, I think he's I think he's a great character. Uh, I mean, James Franco does a good job playing him. Um. But yeah, I mean, the only thing he has going for him in the movie, which is good. I mean, it's fine that he was sidelined because his story wasn't that crazy. I mean, it was mostly about Peter, which is that's what they focused on.
0: Yeah, no, in this movie, he's just all pissed off at Peter because Peter won't tell him who Spider-Man is.
1: Yeah, he slaps him in the face. And he
0: slaps him in the face at the banquet. And again, to me. That's another perfect example of the theme of the whole movie, of him struggling to balance Spider-Man and being himself. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I want to explain to my friend that his dad killed himself. (laughs) But if I say that, then he finds out I'm Spider-Man. He'll blame me. And what if that information goes public?
1: Yeah, no. Well, yeah, because he's a very public guy. He's...
0: Everybody, with the exception of Mary Jane Watson, who finds out that Peter is Spider-Man in this trilogy dies.
1: Yeah, it sucks when what's cold. It sucks when, when we oh, get to and, that. Oh, and,
0: and Sandman too. Sandman does survive, but...
1: That's what I didn't...
0: We could save that for three. Yeah, we
1: could save that for three. Him, him not dying was like, ah, it's okay, whatever.
0: Well, you can't have all the villains commit suicide. I guess. Okay, look. I'm just gonna run through it quick. Goblins made enough sense to me.
1: Goblin didn't commit suicide.
0: No, because he, he, it wasn't intentional.
1: It wasn't intentional. It was he just meant,
0: an accidental death. Yes. Two, here, he sacrifices himself, which I guess you could say is intentional, so yes, you would now, kind of a suicide.
1: Eddie Brock. Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you, you you're just asking to die. About
0: just stupid fucking shit. Edward
1: <laughs> Brock Jr., sir.
0: Oh, oh yeah, so uh, for those of you <laughs> who follow us on TikTok, we posted the clip... Um. From uh, Spider-Man Three, with um, Eddie Brock in the church, and where he's like praying to have God strike down Peter Parker. And it's, it's a great just, scene. It's it's Brock, sir. Edward,
1: Edward Brock, Brock Jr. Brock Jr.
0: <laughs> I don't. We'll discuss this in three. But when you have Norman Osborn, Doc Ock, and then you follow it up with this fucking with guy? that version of Venom. <laughs> And again, Topher Grace I thought did the best he could with it. I'm not knocking him. Nah. It just dude, it's like you have the gold standard of Spider Man villains in one and two. And then in three, you have three villains and all of them are just either okay or eh. You know what I
1: thought like before? I thought Flash would have made a great venom. venom.
0: I think he is in the comics at times.
1: Well he I think Flash is uh Agent Venom.
0: So similar.
1: Well he's just Venom, I don't, I don't but he's g- he's a good version of Venom. Like, There's a
0: good version of Venom, Agent Venom? Yeah,
1: look him up, Agent Venom. When it you Shows get how chance. little I follow the comics. Well I watched it, it was it was uh Spectacular Spider Man. Oh, the
0: animated show. The
1: animated show, show yeah. on, on I think it was Disney XD. Uh actually played a voice by Drake Bell, Spider Man.
0: I think Right, 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 Drake Bell did voice Spider Man. Yes.
1: That was a great series. I love that series. Um, yeah, but there was a version of him. It was Agent Venom. And his character was awesome. He had, like, weapons and shit. and it was awesome. Yeah. But, like, he would have played, if anything, obviously... Maybe they could do that one day.
0: Agent- With the Flash in the MCU?
1: Yeah. Agent Venom. I'd be down to see that, honestly.
0: Yeah. No, no. I mean, it could work.
1: Um, but yeah, so, like, going back to Spider-Man 2, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously the the villain compared to, you know, the villain we have in Spider-Man 2 compared to the the follow-up.
0: Yeah. Um, Not the greatest. I think this has also got to be mentioned here. Does this movie have the best action of Spider-Man, you think? I mean, Um, obviously the train scene is regarded as, like, an iconic scene of,
1: no, that is an iconic scene. You know,
0: and it is. It absolutely is. You know, but I, I look back as a whole and I look at the scenes in this movie, especially the action scenes I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Think about the bank scene or the fight on top of the clock tower.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that
0: leads into the train. You know, there's a lot of iconic battle sh- scenes in this movie. Like, and, and the train scene obviously is widely and properly considered to be the greatest of them.
1: Yeah, and it's, very, and it's a meme, too.
0: It is a meme. But for 2004, they do a damn good job here.
1: I mean, I'd have to imagine a lot of the money put into that movie was because of that scene.
0: With the, the train scene? I'd have to imagine. I mean, if you're considering... I mean, look, Raimi loves his practical effects. Mm-hmm. But that scene, to me, it stands the test of time, dude. It doesn't look like it was made in 2004. Not it know. just doesn't. And, and you know what? And, and maybe this is just the way that it is, like, the way that um, everyone shits on Marvel movies now, is not looking good, looking like they're made in front of a green screen. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that is a very valid statement. Yeah. But I look at Spider-Man 2, how it's shot and how it looks, and then I compare it to some of the newer Marvel movies, it's comparable, if not better, in some places. I mean... Yeah. Dude. Like, we... we there, We've gone through numerous examples in our reviews here of scenes that have just looked hokey or not good or just, like, odd, you know? Yeah, it's
1: true. I mean, even what's called... I think the i mean—the first thing with Phase 4 was Black Widow. When that it came, one
0: scene, right? With, with, with Elena. Yeah, it's just where you could just see, like, oh, wow, that doesn't look good.
1: No, nah, yeah. None,
0: this movie doesn't have any of that.
1: No, not at all. It's because at the time, Marvel wasn't, like, well, well, this and, is Sony well,
0: making these movies, too, which means it is different.
1: It is very different. But it's like, at that point, it's like, superhero movies weren't, like, the biggest thing. No. You know? There was no, a lot no of no other things during that time. So, they made it the best they possibly could. And, I mean, hell, they did a great job. So, people, you know, the thing now is that VFX artists, you know, getting pushed right down there and fucking throats. You, uh, actually,
0: you know, what? quick sidebar. Marvel's head of VFX got fired. She was promoting another movie for another studio, apparently.
1: I mean this... what do you in
0: mean? in violation of her contract.
1: Oh, then yeah. Yeah.
0: And then she got fired. Yeah, that's right. And your, at that's first when fault. it happened, like I was reading the comments on Twitter. It's like, oh wow, they finally noticed their CGI's terrible. And I'm like, I don't think that's it. I yeah. mean, maybe they did because they're slowing down production, but I read I'm like, it has to be something else, like You know, this woman had been there for a long, long time.
1: The only thing I'd have to think of is just hire more VFX people.
0: Hire more, but I think that they went the opposite way with it is like give them more time to do it.
1: Well, yeah, it's a better way because you're just like the thing with the thing is that they just push too many projects at at one time, which is I mean, we don't mind it. But at the same time, we want we want good quality movies. Of
0: course. And I still think the best quality of them is this one. You know,
1: it's Sony. So. It, it,
0: look, man, I, I can't. It's an emotional thing with me, too, as much as the movie, like structurally and aesthetically is pleasing. It's an emotional thing. This this movie just hits in the feels.
1: You no, know? It does.
0: You, you know, you have those scenes like <laughs> like the little scenes, like where he's no longer Spider-Man and then he goes to Aunt May's house and she starts talking about how much Spider-Man means to people you know and it's like wow you know
1: was this was it in this movie that he said that spider-man killed uh no, it was spider-man 3 that's spider-man 3 but what was the, what was the scene uh, cuz she got really mad at him or not mad but like disappointed and i forgot what it was in this movie yeah
0: I'm not. I you know what's funny I know what you're referencing but I can't remember time. It's the something top of my about Uncle
1: Ben or something Oh it was him say, him telling her where he was that night actually Yeah and saying that uh what's it called he let the guy go that killed Uncle Ben Mhm that's what it was
0: That's right That's right yes and then she but she ends up forgiving him eventually but that's another one because Uncle Ben is really like at the center of everything
1: the whole time, yeah. The
0: entire time. He's the backdrop by which everything works because he is Peter's... You could say he's almost like Peter's like voice in his head.
1: Well, yeah. Well, great power comes great responsibility. Well, it starts
0: there. But then they have the car scene. You know, I'm Spider-Man no more. You know? And he ha- that's like another great scene. As I think about this movie, there's just iconic scene. Iconic scene. <laughs> and it's not just heartfelt ones. It's the comedy. I mean, Jay Jonah Jameson... In oh, this movie, God. where obviously this one was a deleted scene, but him wearing the Spider-Man suit—that
1: one's funny. You know,
0: or you know, him talking, and then all of a sudden the suit gets swiped from his office. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many iconic moments. Like, obviously it's a newer thing, but to me, when a movie can have moments that stand the test of time and become like pop culturally, yeah, mainstream it's a sign that that movie has a lot of significance. Yeah, Unless no. it's like a Morbius type thing where it's like a meme and everything.
1: Morbius, anything with that movie is a meme. Yeah, I
0: mean it, that, it literally is a meme the entire time. It's, this movie has memes, but it also has some of the best and most iconic Marvel scenes of all time. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's move on to Peter Parker here for a second. Peter This Parker. movie, Peter Parker, I feel for the guy truly do feel for the guy he was in love with this girl all these years next door, he turns her down he's doing the right thing he's not trying to put her in harm's way he can't fully be there for her and be Spider-Man at the same time he feels she starts shacking up with another man (laughs) she starts getting mad at him understandable on her part too but it's just when you understand the full scope as the audience does in this movie it's like this is not a Peter Parker who faces no consequences.
1: <laughs> is this the is is it one or two? Is it the scene where he like puts the coin in the in the in the phone and he's like, "I gotta tell you, I'm Spider Man."
0: <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> I don't remember. I, I I think it's this one.
1: Is it? It's gotta be this one.
0: I think I think it's this one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause it's funny. Cause like he because because he's on the uh the answering machine. And she's there. Yeah. And then she gets, uh, she gets taken. No, it's Spider-Man three. Yeah. I get How, them. I get them all mixed up because no, they're also similar. No,
0: they are. They're 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 not distinct in the way that the No Way Home Homecoming trilogy is.
1: Yeah, I, I can tell the difference each between each that.
0: movie with those three. Right. It's like one takes place in the high school, one uh, takes place uh-huh. in the multiverse scheme of things, and the other one's in Europe. So you can differentiate the three of them easily. Yeah. All three of these take place in Manhattan. With the same three main characters, Peter, MJ, and Harry. That's the thing. You know? So it's kind of hard if you're not, like, you know, re-watching these movies constantly. Sometimes the, scene, the scenes kind of blend into each movie.
1: I know. I mean, I, and I love these movies. But it's, like, the structure is just the same. That's, you know? You know?
0: And as I, as I think about this movie again, it's, like, one of the things that really strikes me about Peter in this movie especially when it comes to MJ, because I guess that's what we'll talk about next, because mm-hmm. obviously this whole movie crescendos with him finally being with her at the end of the movie. Her literally running off on her wedding day for him. <laughs>
1: that, I mean, listen. The thing also is that with the first Spider-Man movie, at the end of that, she she like she's like, I felt that kiss before. You know, and it's like... She has a,
0: a moment of realization. Yeah. yeah,
1: and now all of a sudden, then when she sees at the end, and then she's like... I love him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. You know what? Let's, let's take a comedic swing for a second. Oh, God. Also, to ask a real question. We all, me and you both agree, right? MJ, Mary Jane, is a very toxic person in this trilogy, right? We, I think we've even discussed this in the I, first I one. I we did. But <laughs> I, it's been a long enough to where I want to kind of rehit it for a second with the context of this movie. You have her. She gets turned down by Peter. Understandably, would be upset, okay, mm-hmm. and then she starts throwing everything in his face in this movie, and we as the audience understand that because he's Spider Man, he can't be with her. She doesn't get that, okay. right? So in that sense, I'm not really upset. But then, to go and treat the astronaut Jameson's <laughs> son like that too, <laughs> she, she, I meant, I know I mentioned this in the first review. She cheats on everybody in every movie. It, really? she cheats on Harry. She cheats on John Jameson. So she cheats
1: on Harry with Peter. She then
0: cheats on John Jameson with Peter.
1: Pe- Peter. Then she cheats on Peter with Harry. With, with Harry.
0: Yeah. It's, it's You see what I'm saying?
1: It's just messed up, man. It's
0: messed up. And that's why, like, as much as, again, I love the Mary Jane character, and she's indispensable to the trilogy and is very important. It's just, I can't. As a 25-year-old who grew up watching these movies, I can't not look at it now and be like, I wouldn't date her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. She, I mean, listen, she's a great character. She is. But she has some flaws.
0: And And look, I mean, that's another thing they really elevate in this trilogy is the fact that every character is very flawed. Yeah. You know. In a world of the Avengers, it's kind of hard sometimes to remember that, you know, each and every character is flawed because there's so many of them, mm-hmm. but when it's like a down to earth story like this it's more it's more easy to remember like and see the the fact that each of them are complex characters well, i think yeah. and I think that's you know what you know what it really is with this Nick the fact that this isn't connected to some massive story, I think makes this trilogy all the better
1: well, the thing about it is that
0: <sighs> obviously it is now the through the multiverse. A multiverse.
1: Yeah, but the thing about it is, is, that compared to the Avengers and other Marvel movies, you have these down-to-earth people. They're not. They're not aliens. They're not wizards. Wizards. I mean, aliens, you, androids, and wizards. And wizards. You have, just what's called. You just have like a. <laughs> It's just like you have regular people, man. It's, it's a normal it's, it's, it's normal it's, people. It's normal. And you have normal interactions. There's nothing there's nothing crazy. Honestly, you
0: know? the most abnormal thing in this trilogy, to me, person wise, yeah, is probably Green Goblin. <sighs> or maybe Venom. Probably Venom, because well, Venom, Venom he, comes from outer Venom space. Venom comes
1: from outer space, so it's right. l- it's a little different. Yeah. But it's all the characters can relate on a normal level. The only thing that's that's different is there's this vigilante, you know. Spider Man obviously is seen to some people as vigilante, so most mostly as a hero. And then when it comes to a villain, like there's not superheroes and supervillains flying around all over the place. Yeah, it's not like this this big superhero world.
0: I kind of wish that they added a little bit more of like the Jameson type person into the MCU.
1: I think they, listen, I think they could do that because, listen, he's not, after we saw No Way Home, they're still, they could still do that with the new Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Now that, it's quick sidebar, but now that Peter is now.
0: Anonymous again.
1: Anonymous, completely swiped clean, doesn't even know, like, they don't even know who Peter Parker even is. Completely swiped clean. He could, I feel like the movies, they could do a really good job. Yeah. You know? So I think the ca- the character is saved with that and I think there's opportunity for JK Simmons to come back reprise his role well, he'll be back. and become and become even bigger maybe even not Daily Bugle.net maybe he'll have his own what's maybe he'll have his own uh I don't know is it or it a
0: blog he has It's basically a knockoff of InfoWars if you know what that is Yeah you know uh, it's basically meant to be it's a website
1: But like with the Daily Bugle it's that's like a paper service and like
0: They've no- evolved
1: it. nowadays Newspapers aren't really read as much as no. what's on a tablet or That's an iPhone. That's why they
0: evolved it to be like a, a talk show.
1: Right, right, right. So I think if somehow they work their way in with that, I don't know how, but they could. You know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the future of Spider-Man is handled, especially because we see different forms of higher ups in place. As, you know, Thunderbolt Ross becoming president. Yeah. You know, things like that.
0: The thing that I'm really referencing when I say that is the idea of having more Jameson-like characters in the superhero world. People that... People that can't stand heroes. Well, that's how, like,
1: Zemo was.
0: It is. But I'm not talking, like, just a villain. I'm talking, like, the normal person feeling that way, too.
1: Well, yeah. You have that with...
0: I was going to say... Does, does, you have that in Agents of Shield, well, Watchdogs. Yeah.
1: Does Does Dark
0: Knight have that kind of effect?
1: Dark Knight, like like the like the Batman movies. Well,
0: yeah, um, but it, yeah, well, no, because a lot of the politicians don't like Batman.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, but like some movies, like even what's called, I mean, people didn't like Iron Man. Politicians didn't like him. Yeah, but
0: they knew who he was.
1: But they knew who he was.
0: And you're and you're not going to be able to stop him. True. You know, in this particular case, what I like so much about this movie is the fact that, first off, you know, Jameson's another complex character because he's actually a decent guy. He just has a difference of opinion on Spider-Man. And he's like, you know, he's a greedy motherfucker.
1: Well, yeah, but that's what I, the only thing I ever liked about him, like, obviously he's he's funny as hell. But the one thing I liked from Spider-Man 1, which we've discussed already, is that he didn't rat out Peter Parker to Mm -hmm. Goblin. You know, he could've just said, Oh, I don't know who takes the pictures, you know. And or Peter Parker Peter takes pa- the pictures. Peter Parker takes pictures, you know. It literally says it on the newspaper, but yeah. obviously he didn't say who it was.
0: Yeah, isn't that a pothole? By Peter Parker, and yet uh, who's the photographer who takes the pictures of Spider Man?
1: I think he just want. I think Goblin just wanted to just like push it to to the limit and just be like, Hey, I mean business. <laughs> instead of just looking at a newspaper.
0: Jameson kind of has another moment like that in this movie. You know, even he recognizes Spider-Man's value to some degree. Well,
1: it makes him money.
0: Well, it does. But when Spider-Man's gone and he has the suit hanging up, he's talking about how much Spider-Man means and how he could stop Octavius and everything like that. And he has that moment where he's like, yeah, I know, I ran Spider-Man out of town. And then two (laughs) seconds later, Peter swipes the suit. But... It's all meant to say, like, these characters aren't one dimensional, you know, they're 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 not caricatures. It would be so easy. And I think that's kind of what they do in No Way Home to paint him as like this crazy conspiracy theorist Mm -hmm. and, you know, have him be like this psycho loon that like only a certain type of person will listen to. But in this, he feels more almost authentic to what a normal person would is which is that they're not just one-layered, they're complex. Yeah. Even Jameson, you know, isn't such an easy person to figure out.
1: No, not at all. Especially in the third the third one where he has to take medication.
0: <laughs> that was funny. <laughs>
1: that was
0: funny too. You know. So, as I think about this movie and I think about the ending, the final swing. You know, it just I can't get enough of watching that, honestly.
1: And so it's it's very, like, go get him, Tiger. Yeah.
0: Go get him, Tiger. I mean, what you know. a line, too.
1: I mean, it is, it. I, I can't, I mean, I'm sure there's a flaw somewhere. I can't see it.
0: This movie?
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's Oh, no, I,
0: this movie's very slow at times.
1: It's very slow. There's a lot. It can,
0: it can be slow, especially in the middle.
1: But it's also, it's a buildup.
0: Well, that's kind of what makes it work. But... I will tell you it can be a little bit slow sometimes. It's a little bit longer. I think it's closer to like 210, 220. So it longer the, than the original. It's,
1: is it longer than the third one too? Third,
0: it gets Each one gets longer. I think three is longer than Probably
1: two. by a couple minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, three had to be longer. Look how much they had to fit in. Yeah, it's true. Whereas in this movie, they're not squeezing in as much. They're putting in less in terms of like r- number of storylines. And they're giving each of them more time to kind of flesh out. You know, yeah. that's why we even get to see John Jameson and, like, him, like, actually have an arc with Mary Jane and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, no. I And everything like that. You know, we don't have time for that in Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, got to introduce Venom, then Harry has to get amnesia, and then here comes the Sandman, and then Harry's going to stop remembering, and it's a whole big thing.
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot. And we'll get to that. <laughs> you will.
0: You know, but Doc Ock, I mean, man, I... His introduction or reintroduction in No Way Home I I think I might have him slightly above Green Goblin. You know. Yeah.
1: I mean his I mean, compared to his introduction into the movie where he first becomes Doctor Octavius compared to when he when he comes back in No Way Home, one's more violent than the other, obviously. Well, yeah. You know, and Sam Raimi, so violence is is the thing with him
0: oh, dude as you mentioned that the horror element of that chainsaw scene with the arms oh, God. where uh, octavius they capture him or no no they they have him in a hospital and they're trying to get the arms out of his back yeah and the arms come to life and it's like a horror movie and they're just killing all the doctors and everything like that i mean like we watched multiverse of madness we know how much he likes that horror influence hmm like, it's even in these movies. It's absolutely present.
1: Imagine you killed Doctor Strange. I
0: mean, Like, one of the doctors was Doctor Strange. Dude, there's a Doctor Strange reference in this movie. I know. What <laughs> are we going to call this guy? Doctor Strange. Strange.
1: Nah, it's good. But it's taken.
0: Uh, <laughs> but it's taken. That's so what he says. But it's taken. Are we supposed to mean the MCU is canon? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's been canon. Well, And now it is. In the multiverse, the cosmos of the multiverse, everything is canon. That's stupid. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is stupid. It's all canon. No. Some of it is not freaking canon. It's um, just not. Not all all of it's canon. This is because it's directly tied in with No Way Home in a way. Yes. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. As much as it hurts me, it's not not canon. canon.
1: You can't say it's just a branched version.
0: Anything could be canon if you say no, it's just no, a branch, no, no,
1: right? Not, no, no, like Fantastic 4 movies, you can't say that. Not canon? Not canon at all. The difference with Agents of Shield to me, even with what's called even with uh with Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, those can be considered if they handle it a certain way, those can be considered branched timelines. Mm-hmm. Which is
0: what you could say with Agents of Shield. Yeah,
1: Agents of Shield is just where Phil Coulson actually lives. Lives. Yeah, you know, and that's not a bad thing. That you know, people want to see a different side of a story.
0: That's why What If is a thing.
1: That's why What If is a thing. I mean, obviously, it's animated, but you know, it's Agents of Shield. I I know we're getting so sidetracked, but like Agents of Shield, it it's a great show, and I would like it in my heart, in my head. It's gonna begin. Yeah, just just because.
0: Yeah, no, we always gotta throw that in.
1: You know, um, but yeah, listen, Spider Man Two, a great Spider Man film, gotta love it.
0: Look, uh... I
1: remember it, we we literally watched Spider Man Two before we watched No Way Home. Yeah, just to, just just because we wanted to.
0: Well, because this was the one that was. This is the one that we wanted to watch. Yes,
1: yeah. the we we put we put a, a spin wheel. Yeah, we
0: made the wheel. And then we landed on Amazing Spider-Man Two, and we decided to respin. <laughs> it's like, okay,
1: no, you know, I watch Spider-Man Two instead.
0: We we respun because fuck it, we're not watching Amazing Spider-Man Two, at least not first. Yeah. That's not gonna be the first one we watch. No, no, no. You know, but look, I love this movie. Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man. I mean, not that Tom Holland isn't or Andrew Garfield aren't. Everybody you know, has a choice. They both are. But Toby's been my favorite for all this time. I've said it a million times he's on here. The I'll say it a million more. That's why he's the goat. Toby Goat Guire. This is my favorite Spider-Man movie and arguably my favorite Marvel movie. And
1: you've heard it your first.
0: Not no, they haven't. I mean <laughs> I, I, I think I've said it even on TikTok. You know? You might I did, have. I did that Marvel movie bracket thing. Oh yeah. you and did. And I had Spider-Man 2 beat it Beat endgame. It beat Infinity War. It beat Wakanda Forever. And those are like three movies, all of which I really, really like. Yeah. No. But to me, like, this is the GOAT, man. It's the standard bearer. And it's it's a tough thing to beat a movie that doesn't have the weight of an interconnected universe on it. And that's why it's, to me, number one. Man, as much as I, I love the it. MCU.
1: I get it. That's fine. That is your... That is your... Preference. That is what you like.
0: That is what I like. That's okay. So any final thoughts on Spider Man two, my friend? Mm.
1: No. I'd say the one thing I like I liked about it is when everybody you know, that's kind of a thing too. Everybody on the train found out that this kid they didn't know who it was, obviously the name. Yeah. No. But everybody found out on the train like it's just a kid. Like Spider Man's just a kid. And it's like a like a community stood up against a villain that they are obviously can't really beat.
0: That's another thing in, in this trilogy happens. Everyone, uh, in the first movie on the bridge, yeah, tossing stuff at green goblin here where (laughs) Joey Diaz, (laughs) uh, and all the people on the train are protecting Peter during the train battle when he gets caught and knocked out. And then in Spider-Man three, where the, the battle before you have all the people united above, and when you see uh, Spider-Man come swinging in, they're all applauding for him and everything. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like, it's a New York thing. It really is. It's a New York thing. And that post 9-11 New York, you know, like it really was a, a proud to be a New Yorker type yeah. of thing. And Spider-Man, as much as he, you know, in the MCU has not always spent all his time in New York. Right, right. Spider-Man in this trilogy is New York.
1: I think, that's, I think that's the difference between the other Spider-Mans, you know?
0: Yeah. I think
1: I think that's that's a pretty big thing.
0: Yeah, no. Spider-Man as, as the, the face of New York. And I, I kind of hope that they get back to that with Spider-Man 4.
1: I hope so. I really, with Tom Holland's, but I want to see more in New York.
0: Well, No Way Home was really the only Manhattan, New York movie. I
1: know, and that's what I want to see more of. Obviously, he's... He's got an apartment now. He's living that Tobey Maguire kind of life. That
0: that final scene in No Way Home, is akin to how he is. Tobey Maguire is in this entire movie,
1: and I think they could do a really good job with it.
0: And I don't think there's any. I don't think it's surprising at all. Wait, I'm first off, we're an idiot. We also forgot to mention rent.
1: <laughs> rent. You get your rent when you. It's the. That's it's the three, other yeah. You get your rent when you fix this damn door.
0: You know. But they really do put him on the path of Spider-Man 2, Peter Parker. And to me, it makes sense because this is the Spider-Man way. It is. It always has been. It, it always, always has been. Be. The character is a tortured soul. The character is somebody who always has it rough, mm-hmm. but he always perseveres.
1: That's Spider-Man.
0: That's Spider-Man, man. And Peter Parker. <laughs> and, that is. So I think that's going to do it for us here. Uh, we will be back with Spider-Man 3 soon enough.
1: And we'll be having, uh what, two months, a month and a half from now? Guardians?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. No, uh, this is being recorded towards the end of March. Uh, Guardians will be May out like a 5th. month, month and a half?
1: May 5th, I think. So or May 6th. So that'll be
0: coming soon. And then whenever they start announcing stuff on the summer shows, I'm sure there'll be some news wrap-ups or... Mm-hmm. Reviews of Secret Invasion Loki whenever they come. So, plenty to look forward to on here. Oh, yeah. After we complete Spider Man 3, we are planning on going on to the Andrew Garfield movies.
1: Yep. And then from there, we might. I think we should talk about Spider Verse, too, because. Well,
0: yeah, Spider Verse is going to be coming out in July. Yeah. So, still, for all the Spider Man fans, a bunch of stuff coming. There's yes. never any shortage of Spider Man material. I don't think so. So. For both of us here at the MNN M&M Marvel Mania Podcast, I've been Mike.
1: And I've been Nick. And we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.